Welcome to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guest on tonight's or today's podcast is my friend Patrick Patterson. Welcome to the podcast, Patrick. Thank you. Hey, hello. How are you? Good. Patrick is calling in from Waycross, Georgia. Um, and I'm in Salt Lake City. And just as background, Patrick was on episode 39. So if you want to hear more of his story, that's a, almost 200 episodes ago um, when we first started. And so check out episode 39. And we usually don't do a second podcast. And when Patrick reached out and said, I'd like to share more of my story, my first reaction was, well, we heard your story. Then the spirit kind of moved upon me and said, you should hear, have Patrick um, share more of his story with our listeners. And part of that impression was um, Patrick's walking a pretty lonely road. He is gay. He's a convert to the church. He's active in the church and he's black. And um, at times I would guess Patrick feels pretty lonely in our church, but here he walks this road as an active Latter-day Saint, is engaged with his ward, is the assistant ward mission leader. So the Spirit kind of mentioned to me that not only will this help our listeners, but it might just help Patrick to have more people hear his story. And those of you that know Patrick or feel impressed to reach out to him, you're welcome to do that. Everybody needs a little bit of love and support at times, especially those that are part of marginalized groups. Patrick's part of two of them. Um, that are trying their best to come into Christ through our beautiful restored church. Uh, Patrick um, knew he was gay, and we may have mentioned this in episode 39, kind of, you know, at puberty. Um, and so he's been on this road a while. He is 30 years old. And is that okay for an introduction, Patrick? Oh, that's perfect. That's great. It's fine. Patrick's been in my home um, once. Last summer, he stopped by and a chance to visit with him and just felt this man's great spirit, um, desire to do its right and move forward in his life. And so let's just start. Patrick um, sent me some questions to ask him. Some of our guests come to the podcast um, with questions they'd like me to ask to draw out the story they'd like to share. So we'll start with question one. How do you reconcile your sexuality with your faith, Patrick? Oh, man, uh, I, I've had, I guess, had a lot of time to think about this, and and um, I guess one of the ways I, I guess the biggest way I feel like I, in some way, I don't, ha- I ha- don't have to, because I know to reconcile something is to coexist, and I guess what helps me is to know that all of this comes from Heavenly Father. You know, I me being gay and plus, well, plus being, being a Christian, I know we're often, and oftentimes it can be uh, conflict uh, between the two. And I guess because of, I guess, um, perspective, how you look at it and what we've been taught about, you know, uh, homosexuality and uh, then trying to stay faithful uh, to Christ. But I know for me in my own journey, I've, come to know that, you know, there's, I've had my moments when I didn't feel worthy and I felt like I've had my conflict with this plenty of times. I won't act like I haven't, but I've come to a place where I know that all this is from Heavenly Father. Like, I know me being gay is part of his plan for me and 
and I know he made me the way I am for a reason. And I think being open about that and knowing that truth also helps me be a better Christian. It helps me to be a better saint and to be a better man of God and son of God and helps me come closer to my savior more. Uh, understanding that I don't have to live in that division. I can be both. I, I can love God. He's, there's no way it says that I, because of this, that I can't feel his love or partake of his grace or his mercy. And with that realization, I've, I've had a lot of peace with that. Do you, um, I think you were a Christian before you joined our church. I think you believed in mm. God, if I'm remembering. Can you share with our listeners what was unique about our church, the LDS church, that caused you to join our church versus other Christian churches? Okay. Yeah, so um, I was a previously a Baptist before I joined this church. I, I had been a Baptist for probably pretty much from the time I was going to church until probably— I was 18. Eight, when I was hit 18, that's when I kind of left church due to some bad experiences in my old church and decided to just pull away and try to find God in other places. When I came to this church, when I, I was learning about this church, I had no, first of all, I had no idea about it. I didn't even know this church existed. Well, I guess one of the main things that drew me to this church was, I guess, the the biggest emphasis on Christ. You know, I've I've been I've learned about Christ all my life, but never in the way that I have here being in the church. And I think it was the spirit and it was the spirit and the example of a lot of the members that I met at the time that really just like there must be something to this and and I had prayed to God asking him like, you know, I want to I want to learn more about you and show me how. And I feel like that's when, you know, the missionaries came and showed up and really just opened my whole world up to a whole, like, things that I never knew. And it taught me so much. And I feel like I always say this, being a Baptist was a preparatory stage. I guess it was an introduction to Christ. Now that I'm a member of this church, I feel like I know him. And I'm getting to know him more. I think one of the biggest things about this church I was really like impressed with was the, the biggest influence on Christ and the love that I felt and the peace that I felt in the gospel and the doctrine. And um, you've been in this church, I may have mentioned that introduction since August 1st of 2015. So you've yes. had some experience in the church. Um, mm -hmm. How do you feel... Um, let me just go to the second question. I forgot the question I was going to ask. Um, how has coming out improved or helped your relationship with others? I believe that, uh, I truly believe that it really has really brought like a, I think it's really like a, brought my relationships to the people that I know closer together because now they, I can see, uh, they know this part of me and you now it came from me being honest. I, uh, I know I came out in, 2017 and that was the most liberating thing to ever experience like to do what I, I came out online and 
the, all the love and support I received, it meant the world to me. But I know afterwards I did go through, it was a matter of, okay, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to fit? Like, how is this going to, how do I do this? And I was troubled by that for a while. And I had came to that same stump plenty of times in my journey in the church that I almost didn't want to be here anymore. I almost wanted to leave. And I, I guess I kind of felt like after I came out, I didn't feel like I couldn't, you know, talk about it anymore. Or it's like an, the whole thing of you can be gay, but you can't talk about it. And that just wasn't me. It's just something I felt like I couldn't do. And I, I believe the art of the, my dad always tells me, you know, the art of communication is understanding. And I feel like in order to understand someone, you know, you have to talk. So what really helped me was opening up about my experiences, about growing up being gay, just even about my attractions or just how I felt. And I think by doing that, it let people in and it brought us closer together because there was things that people didn't even know about me. And I just saw how my relationships with people deepened and the friendships I had, the bonds I made, uh, you know, were even tighter than they were before. And it's really helped me continue my journey. It helps me a whole lot. It's almost been therapeutic, being able to just share my story and talk about things whenever I'm having a moment or when I'm feeling like having those feelings I feel that uh, maybe feeling unworthy and not feeling like I belong and just having a place to just, you know, communicate how I'm feeling and who I am and having people that want to know more about you and understand you better. That's the best feeling too. So, uh, does your ward, does your ward know you're gay? Yes. Yes. I assume it doesn't come up every week, but it's just something people know. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is, uh, one of the excerpts from the book I'm writing that goes along with, it's just a short excerpt goes along with what you just shared, Patrick. Telling someone who just came out as LGBTQ, okay, now don't talk about it, is like telling someone who is LDS, okay, I know you're LDS, but could, but could you please never talk about it, allude to it, or act like it? And um, I think that's a really good message from somebody that sent me that I added to the book. Um, just the very point you're saying is if we're LDS, we that's that's part of who we are. We want to talk about it, want to share it with others. Um, and the same for you, being a gay Latter-day Saint, you want to talk about that part of your life at appropriate times with trusted friends. Um, then I think it creates a feeling that we love you for who you are and you belong for who you are versus we don't want to know about this part of you. Does that resonate with you? It does. It really does. And that's, and that that same thing, like what you said, I was that's why I had been trying to communicate to other people. Like it's like I don't want uh, if you want all of me, take all of me or none at all. Like you know, I would never ask any of my friends to deny any part of themselves, not talk any part of themselves that means something to them, you know, amongst friends or whatever. Like I want to feel just much as validated and you know, and be part of the conversation just as much. And part of me was trying to throw myself out there, you know, like, hey, hey, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And this is my story, you know. But we all want to be not just love, but also well, love and understanding goes hand in hand and everybody wants to be understood. I know 
you might not ever understand every part of that, but you know, the effort and just listening, it, it means so much. And that's what I know for me and many others would want is someone just to listen, to hear us, hear us share our stories and our experiences. How do you feel when someone um, in your ward says, Patrick, what's it like to be gay? I kind of, I give them, I kind of almost give them like it was like a, I'm kind of off put, not in a bad way, but just like, oh, really? I can't believe you would ask that. Like, it's surprising. But I get excited because I love to, like, share that. I love to share that side of myself and what, you know, because, you know, it, might, it can help them. You know, it, even if they're not going through the same thing, they probably know someone or just to be curious. You know, I just want to know. I want to know more about you to open up. And I know I've done that plenty of times with a lot of my friends. And this past year, that's what's helped me a lot. And even, you know, with the missionaries that have been here, like be able to share my story with them and them being interested in wanting to hear, it's, it's helped them a lot with their mission as well. So I actually get excited when people ask me. I, I love to share. I've learned that um, in trusted situations, people want to talk about, you know, these parts of their lives or things that are difficult or things that are good. And, and so I... Th- I think sometimes we just don't want, we just don't ask, but I think it's okay to ask. And, and I like the way some people ask. You're the assistant ward mission leader. How many missionaries are in your ward? Um, right now we have a uh, uh, just a set of missionaries, um, a pair of, a pair of elders. And is that typical, or do you sometimes have four or, or zero? We it. It it um it alternates like we've we've had four before and recently as of recent we've had we just got two at the moment. Do um, the elders usually know you're gay? Is the assistant ward missionary? Does that come up, or do the elders in the mission kind of you know talk about you? Hopefully not in a negative way and say, hey, by the way, brother Patterson in the X ward, I don't even know the name of your ward, the Waycross ward, is gay. Tell us about your relationship with the missionaries. Um, yeah, so it, um, I, I know you've probably seen all the pictures I take. So I have a very close relationship with them. They're, they're almost like my brothers, you know, even though I'm a sister war mission leader and I look at, you know, I do my part to help them in the work. I, I feel I've always, since the first two I've met, I've got a special connection with elders I've always had. And, and I've seen, I've seen it grow over the different ones I've seen that's come into this area. But um, usually I'm the one that shares with them, but I, I love to sh- I always share my testimony and my, you know, my whole conversion story and being gay is part of my story. So I happen to share that as well. It's only when the spirit kind of directs. So like when it, and mostly I'll say, cause I know I'm a person that works with like, you know, vibes and personality. There are times when there's certain ones I feel open to just share that with and, they're really receptive of it. There's those who I share with that, yeah, they they hear it, but they might not really understand it, engage too much. But I share it anyway because you know it just it may help them, but just to help them know me and who I am. But I I'm doing better with not shying away from it and just sharing it when you know when I feel the spirit telling me to or in, in the cases in general. In oh, general, ahead. how are the missionaries responding if they know you're gay? Oh, they they respond very well. I mean, they 
they've I've hadn't had any uh negative uh feedback from any of them or any kind of like uh drawback from them. It seems like it always draws us closer together. The fact that they know that and I mean, so it's almost like they admire me for that. And I think a lot of them, the more I talk about it and share it with them, they understand, like, you know, one of them told me, he's like, you know, I don't think you'd be who you are if you weren't gay. Like, I think this, this is who you're meant to be. And it really just brings our relationship closer together and it builds a trust and it builds like a, it really just builds a strong brotherhood amongst us. And I know that's something I've always as a person who didn't grow up with my brothers, I've always wanted a strong brotherly bonds with people. And I feel like I got that with the elders. But they respond very positively. Um, I really like that, Patrick. And I it gives me hope in the future. I think back on my missionary days and my high school days, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have navigated that nearly as well as missionaries mm-hmm. do today. And I just think that's a sign our society's moving in the right direction. And there's, or education's our friend and science is our friend to help us understand that you didn't choose this. This is just how you are. And and I like what you say that a loving Heavenly Father created that you this way and you shouldn't feel shame for how you're created. Um, talk about this question's not on your list, but talk about you've been in the church four years this August, five years this August, and how, how close have you come to stepping away? Um, during that time, you kind of inferred that, but tell us about the hardest time it was for you to, st- the closest you came to leaving. Yeah, last year was probably my roughest year spiritually. Like I said, there was a moment in 2017, just backing up, where I did just, I came home one day from school and I was just, I wasn't bawling, I wasn't crying or anything, but I just felt really down. I know it's because of just my, in my mind, I was thinking, like, where is this going to go? Like, I really don't know where this is going to go. And the church feels one way and I feel a whole nother way. And, and I decided to want to drop back out then, but I decided to just stay in and just see where it went. But last year was the, probably the roughest year for me spiritually. Uh, something happened, uh, I'm going into detail and wasn't really that bad, but it really just, it brought a lot of shame on me. And I've never experienced that before. Like I've usually been very confident in myself in all aspects. And, but it, I had a shame in myself that I've never had before. And it kept me from wanting to talk and want to share things. And I just, I had stopped going to church certain Sundays just because I didn't, I didn't feel like going. I just really wasn't into the gospel or anything. And it had a lot around me, a lot forward to me being gay. But I just didn't see how I fit. You know, being a Latter-day, you know, just being Latter-day Saint and being gay. And you see so many families and the church is family-oriented. It kind of just struck me. I'm like, well, I don't feel like I need to really be here. That's not the plan for me or something I want. So I don't see why I need to be here because... It's, you have a ward full of couples and you just sit there and you feel so alone a lot of the time. And part of that wanted me to back out. And I had a friend who I was talking to and he told me like, so, you know, you should probably mention all the, I've been going through a lot and had a lot on my chest. And he was like, you know, you should get this off your chest. You should talk about it. 
So I put a post up. Uh, I guess it was June. I, I can't forget it. It was like June 24th or whatever. And it was a post just of me talking about how bad I was feeling and how I, you know, I was blessed in a lot of other aspects that last year, but I have gone through a lot with this being gay, being part of the church. And I really considered that point of stepping away. And I posted it and the phone was going off and everybody was, it was, it was a lot because it was me. Everybody was just trying to, you know, they were just worried and wanted to share their thoughts and feelings on everything. And I almost got kind of, cont- not contentious a little bit. And I got a little jaded by it because I felt, I felt like I was being preached to and I didn't take it as well as, I didn't say anything back to anyone, but I just took it all in and let everybody you know, share their feelings. But as I was reading some of the comments, I just felt very, almost like, well, you know, people like, well, you should pray more and, you know, read your scriptures. And I'm like, well, I've been doing that. And, and I do that to the best of my ability and I'm still feeling this way. And, you know, everybody, I, I personally, I felt as if everyone saw the stepping away from church part and, ran with that instead of just reading the whole thing. But I know they read the whole thing, though. And I just decided to say, well, everybody had their thoughts and feelings on it. And and at this point, I was getting ready to go to Utah. So I wasn't going to let this thing spoil my, my whole vacation. So I just said, well, I said, thank you, everybody, for your comments and your thoughts and all that and everything. I said, well, we're moving past that. Next week, I'm going to Utah and enjoy my vacation. But deep down, it already had cut a scar. <laughs> I already put a wound. And then as I went to Utah, I was feeling okay, but I still was feeling like I wasn't just, I didn't feel there. I had a good time, but I just didn't feel there in the gospel anymore. I didn't feel that light in myself anymore. And as I came home from Utah, it was around like September, I I remember going to the first counselor. He's one of my best friends, and he's like my brother. I went and told him, and I said, uh, I said, hey, um, this might be the last time you see me at church for a little while because I need to figure some things out. And as he was talking to me, he was just saying, like, it's a kind of like I understand, and he's like, is there anything I can do? And and I know as he was talking, he was trying to fight back tears, and. I'm trying to fight back tears too because it was just it was just hard, and I know he was just like I wish there was more I could do because I hate seeing you like this because I you're like one of the most happiest people I know and I just hate seeing you this way. Is it? And I told him I said I all I can ask is for prayer. So you know I went home and the missionaries they 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 check on me all the time like they love me to death and they called and asked like well they came over. And then I sat there and told them, I said, you know, I'm kind of going to step away from a little while and just step away from the church just, just to figure some things out. And one of the elders surprisingly was like, I was like, you probably think I'm going to say what you think I'm going to say, but, you know, it's, maybe you should. Maybe you, I think you maybe need some time. You know, you take the time you need. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, rush you or judge you or anything. I understand. Just know that we're here for you and we love you if you need anything. We know we got you. And with that, it made me feel good. Like it gave me some comfort. You know, it was still hard and I was still trying to figure things out. But a part of me 
as I was praying and pondering what I should do, I, I ended up going to church. I just kept going. Even if I went for an hour and left or went for one Sunday and didn't go the next, I just kept trying to go because I found a lot of peace and comfort at church. It was after not going for so long, it, it's just something that can't got the habit of me to want to go. More so because I felt peace and comfort there. And it probably wasn't until this went on for maybe like two months, maybe looking on and off. Probably till like the holidays did I like, I don't know what happened. I was coming home one day from work. And I, and to back up a little bit, for the, for the whole year, I just didn't feel like, I feel like heaven's doors was closed to me. I remember coming home that day from work and the new youth song, I think the song for We'll Go and Do by David Archuleta, which was the one I sent you in that clip that I sung. I was listening to that on the way home. And as I pulled up to the driveway, I just felt the spirit so strong. And like the Lord was just telling me, I'm still here. And I felt that like for the first time in months, I just felt his presence. Because I was, I was really at the point of just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I got so tired and it was so hard. But just hearing that, I don't know how I heard that through the song, but I just felt, I felt his, I just felt his love all of a sudden. And he just showed me that he's still there and that I it's still, I still have a chance. I still can keep going. And I don't know, like after that, I kind of just woke up and said, all right, I, I don't have to start. I told myself, like, well, I don't have to start over. Just pick up where I left off, whatever I got now and keep going. And I did. I just kept going. Knowing that first I had, under, I had to realize that what I was feeling the whole year was it was shame and not guilt. I know guilt is for something that you've done wrong, but shame is for someone, something for being ashamed of like feeling bad for who you are. And I had to understand that God didn't make any mistakes with me. I had really been punishing myself all year because I felt like, you know, why would a loving Heavenly Father make me this way as a struggle or a trial? Who, what father would want that for their children? And I surely know my own, I thought of my own father, like my own father wouldn't just put me in, put me in a state to be sad the rest of my life or lonely or necessarily put me, put me in a struggle or something that he knew I couldn't, knew I couldn't handle. And it made me think of a quote we use as Christians. We use, God doesn't give you nothing that you can't handle. And I've never agreed with that because I always felt like, well, it's like saying that God will give you bad things, but the Lord doesn't give us bad things. You know, trials and struggles are just part of life. That's just it. But as far as me being gay, that's a blessing from God. If that's how he made me, then he made no mistakes in how he wanted me to be coming here on earth. 
I think I feel in my heart that he might not I'm trying to say this he he it's not that he won't give us what we can't handle, but more so that he will help us handle with all we've been given. And once I kind of got that in my head that, you know, it started to make sense and I started to turn this thing around a little bit. I stopped trying to punish myself and feeling like this is just uh, some big, uh, big burden I have to hold across my shoulder and I don't. This is how he wanted me to be. He didn't want me any other way. And I feel like not only not to overcome it, but more so he made me in this, in his, in this uniqueness to experience him. And once I realized that, was I able to kind of start to come back? I felt like talk started making more sense to me and I started feeling that fuzzy feeling in my heart that I did when I first came to sacrament meeting. Cause I stopped trying to give shame power and I put shame to rest by starting to talk again, sharing my story. Cause I didn't want to talk about being gay like for a while. I didn't, cause I felt ashamed about it, but I felt like, you know, if I'm, I told myself, I'm going to survive. If I'm going to continue to grow and go forward. I have to talk about it. And I think not only do I, you know, not only for me, but for those who may need it. Because people deserve to hear my story. So I share it. And I know by sharing it, it's put that shame in the, uh, put that shame to rest. I love that. Thanks for just sharing some of your journey. Um, mm -hmm. I think about that in the context of others that are on a similar journey, wondering if they should stay or not stay. And I, I love this idea that you felt you'd step away and then figure things out. That was your first reaction. But what you did is you instead said, I'll attend and figure things out. And I, I like that as a general advice for listeners is as you're wondering if the church is your future. Um, some people do step away and then come back, but I've always felt like mm -hmm. it's okay to attend and, figure things out. And maybe you cut your attendance back a little bit. So you stay for one meeting or you do every other week or just something on your terms to stay engaged. And yeah. um, so I like, and I love your talk about shame and um, a, an incident around shame that happened. That you didn't go into much detail about. Sounds like it was about being gay and how that sort of unfortunate um, situation resulted in, I think, sh Satan's tool with shame is to just make us spiral into isolation. If he can isolate us through shame, um, then I think he accomplishes his goal because we don't do what you did in the middle of shame is reach out to others. I think your Facebook post was great. I think talking to the missionaries was great. I think talking to that first counselor was great. I think going to church was great. And I think that's more likely to sort of break through the shame, and then you're able to make more thoughtful decisions because they're not they're not being based on the shame. So that's very, very helpful. Um, I love what you've done here. Um, talk about 
Um, some of our gay Latter-day Saints talk about being, that are celibate, talk about being in this bind. They would actually love a partner, a life partner, but they recognize if they went down that road, they would not be able to participate in the church. Um, but some that I talk to are pretty at peace with not having a life partner. They've, they're, they're just at peace. That's not part of their future, or they don't hope for that anymore. Just where are you on that? Would you like a life partner to share your life with, Patrick? Are you at peace or not? Just share with us that part of your journey. Yeah, so I'm always, I was kind of left and right. And that's how I feel. Like, you know, there are times where, like, you'd be nice. And I've never, ever, I never dated in my life before. And I often, often think about the, you know, what it would be like to actually have a, have a life partner or just someone, you know, someone that you can share life's experiences with. And, uh, but I know a lot of my life that I've, much as I've lived my life, I've, I've, as I've grown up my life, I didn't ever really, you know, I wanted the kid that talked about marriage and I just never really, it never really came to thought. Of, it never came to my mind. I never often thought about it. Uh, I was always the type of person that was so, I was really big on friendship and I don't know what it was that impressed, friendship impressed me at an early age. I just, I always had a strong thing to want to make friends. And because I always thought those bonds were just as close as, you know, just much of the married couple and just much as validated, especially in God's eyes. You know, God instituted friendship as well. And, and I always see the beauty of it. And I think through a lot of maybe all the little TV shows I would watch, I was always impressed by friendship. And I think that's what's helped my road because I've known the things I wanted because I always wanted to have a brotherly bond with people and have brothers because I didn't grow up with mine. And I feel like the Lord has blessed me with that with the elders and the missionaries and even certain people in the church. It's really made me understand what brotherly love truly means. That, you know, I, I have so much love around me that I don't really feel like I, at this point, as older I get, I feel like I don't really need a partner. It's, it kind of just grows away as I grow older. But I feel like I'm blessed with so much and I, I recognize the love and the impact I've had on people and it had on my life. And, you know, we're all here to experience different things and we're never taught that. We're never taught that, you know, we're never taught as a kid that, oh, you might not have someone. It's always guaranteed that everybody will have someone, but as we've seen in life and different walks and experiences, a lot of people don't. But I don't feel like that's the ultimate factor in happiness unless you put that unless you make that the focal point. Because I've known plenty of people. I have a brother who's never, <laughs> I don't know how his road is for him, but I know he's never dated. I mean, he's probably had, but he's been single. But he's 50 and doesn't look it, but he's been, he's a very noble, happy, amazing human being. And I love him to death. And not to say his road is mine, but it's just something I, as I, I just really don't meditate on it too much. I try to not meditate on the fact that what God hasn't given me and more so on what he has. And, and I know it's kind of, it's kind of sticky, especially being in the, with a church that emphasizes so much on families. But I think the purpose of family is 
all of us together, you know, not just our personal families or the family that we make, but more so the connections. We're a church full of, you know, this church was built on converts, you know, there's a bunch of converts to the church. So we're always coming to this uh, covenant, this eternal family that we have. And I always see family as more than just our blood family. I've always had because I've seen people in my life closer to me than my actual family. And I think that's healthy with the world being celibate. And I've had, like, I had my joys of being single. It hasn't, like, it hasn't been the very loneliest road. I think people tend to be lonely because maybe it's, mostly it's maybe it's their perspective on mine. Like, well, I couldn't see, well, it's like I couldn't see myself without someone. Well, I said, well, that's your perspective. I'm not really thinking about it. <laughs> you know, I'm just moving along with my life and taking every day as it comes. I won't say there won't be days, but, you know, and I don't know what will happen down the road. I'm just taking things a day at a time on that. But I definitely know that I'm blessed where I'm at right now. And and, and uh, I'm always open to more, like, just more experiences from different people and more friendships. I'm always, I'm always praying for that. Just, you know, to my heart to open more to more people and to learn more about people. And it's hardly from ever, be, it's hardly for me ever to be alone with all the love I have in my life. I've put so much love out that I've got it in return. You know, something my mom always taught me, but it's made my path even easier. Cause I'm starting to just understand that I'm not alone in my path. We all have, we all feel alone, even in, couples, marriages, a lot of you may feel alone and I just try to always remember about that we're all in this together. And this, like I said, it's made my path uh, a lot easier. That's great. And I ask that tender question and and I often get a range of answers. And yeah. um, when I first stepped in the space, I just assumed that everybody that's, you know, celibate and in the church would love and gay would love to have a same-sex partner and be able to do both. And I think there's a fair amount that would love to have a life partner and find a way to be in the church. But there's some like you that are at peace being single and have enough family and support and sense of belonging that you can be hard at times and a little lonely at times, but you're at peace with where you are. And that's, I think that's just honoring everybody's individual stories. Every story is a little bit different. And yeah. every podcast is just different. And I know our podcasts are just a fraction of LGBTQ, LDS people. And so that's, it's just helpful for me to hear your story. What's the best thing I can do? If I'm your priesthood leader or ward member, um, what's the best advice you have for me just to help you feel like you... Um, especially these last few months, you're in a good spot now, but what's the best thing I can do to help you to stay in our church? Uh, just, uh, I would say, I would say like, a, see me as me fully. Uh, this is who I am fully. Like no part of me is, no part of me is, you know, off, you know, on guard. I, I'm, I'm Patrick Clear Artist Patterson, black, gay, and a member of this church, and I'm proud of every aspect, every every part of that. 
I just want you to see me fully and allow me to share my story. You know, I don't make me feel any different or set apart or let me take a part of this, you know, let me be a part of this family, this eternal family that we're, you know, that we're working to become and that we are. Uh, just allow me to be me. That's all I can ask. I, and just love me. <laughs> That's a great answer. And I love that you, um, you feel needed. I've always felt like um, we're better off at the body of Christ if we have our LGBTQ members part of us and not just to minister to them like they're second-class citizens, but actually to see them as full equals and um, what they can do to contribute to help us become the body of Christ we need to be. You're an assistant ward mission leader. You're a full equal member of that ward and needed contributor. Um, mm -hmm. I've learned that LGBTQ people in my life are helping me to be the disciple of Christ, and they're teaching me things, um, giving me insights, and their goodness it helps me. So I recognize we need you, Patrick. Um, and um, so that's, I'm just glad you're part of, you've got a good community there. Um, the question here is, and maybe we've covered it, but what, why did you choose to stay? Maybe you've answered that, but any other thoughts on the third question we've got in front of us? Um, I choose to stay. One, I choose to stay because I, you know, I love the gospel. I, I, the gospel is what's changed my life and brought me a lot of peace and comfort. It's, I say because, I say, one reason I say it's because the gospel has brought me a lot of joy in my life and immense happiness and peace and a lot of direction and guidance when I definitely feel lost. I stay because of the great people that I've met that I probably wouldn't have met had I not joined. I, this has become a part of my story because I feel like being part of this church is a part of my story. I, I've been in this church. This church will be, this year will be five years for me being in this church. And I just look back and there's no way have I met almost 300 something missionaries and met so many people in that time and done so much because my life has just went fast forward and the whirlwind to the door of the church. It, there's no way that that wasn't part of God's plan for me, or that wasn't His gift, you know, for me. Because I come from a place of, I came from like a lowly place, and to be in this space where, you know, the things that I prayed for and cried for for years were seen being answered, I've seen it just, you know, manifest here in the church. And I say because I feel like I have a home here. I've built a family and and I've built a life. Like it's it's more than just some church or just somewhere I go to on Sunday. It is my life. This is my place. This is like I say this I don't even see it as a church, it's like home. It's just part of my everyday routine. No matter even if I left tomorrow, I could not deny that this would be part of my story and part of what made me who I am, especially growing up as an adult. The biggest reason I choose to stay. The biggest reason I choose to stay. 
is because August 1st, 2015, I made a promise. I made a covenant with God. I made a promise. And I feel like if I, and I can't speak for everyone else, you know, my story, my experience is not everyone else, but I know that's something special to me that I want to keep. Especially going into this year five. I decided to come upon to take upon his name and give myself to him. And ever since that day, he has poured nothing but blessings and love on my life. I have seen him in every detail of my life that I know that our Savior is real. And that's why no matter how hard it gets, I fight. I fight back against the adversary because I love this gospel with all my heart. And I love my Savior with all my heart. I love him for all that he has done for me. That's all I can do. I know there's nothing I hardly can do to repay him. But at least I feel like this little bit that I can do to follow him and become more like him, what I can do. I know, I know now that I don't fit in. I belong. I truly belong. That is where I stay. I think we'll just end right there, Patrick. Um, that's a beautiful testimony with a wonderful spirit on why you stay. And and it's touched me and it's touched our listeners. And I believe in this church, Patrick. All the good in my life and the restored doctrine that comes through it is traced back to this church. And it helps me come into Christ and helps me be a better person. And I'm so glad you're a member of this church. Um, and thank you, Patrick, and thank our listeners for joining us on another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. <laughs>